Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm doing absolutely great. Thank you so much for being here, Bob Fingerman. Uh, my pleasure. It's a great opportunity for me to interview you. So you are a writer slash artist for many different projects. How did you come across this work? How did I come across uh, which work? You know, being involved in comics and writing comics as well as writing the novels that you've Oh, written. wow. Okay, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big question that covers uh, a lot of territory. Um, I mean, I've been at this an extremely long time, uh, longer than I'm at this point almost comfortable to admit. You know, at a certain point you think, wow, if I say how long I've been doing this, it lets you know how old I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been doing this professionally for 30 years at this point. Uh, and to judge by looking at you, that's probably about 10 years longer than you've been alive. Very much so. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, doing comics and, and telling stories is is what I always wanted to do. So in a way, I had uh, had no option but to pursue it. So, you know, I mean, because I'm one of those people who's been drawing since I was, you know, able to pick up a a crayon or a pencil. Uh, I think it was just in the cards. You know, there's there's the, the whole factor of nature versus nurture, but I had both. I think it was in my nature because uh, even though I, I he was dead long before I was born, my maternal grandfather was an artist and my mother's late sister, who unfortunately also uh, died before I was born. Her sister was an artist, so I think the art thing was, I was genetically predisposed to that, and fortunately, uh, my mother, uh, who also was artistic, is artistic, um, she encouraged it. So, in a way, I don't think I had any choices. <laughs> it's a very long answer, but uh, it, uh, it was just in the cards. In a way, I, I, I'm one of those people who's never had a backup plan. So so fortunately things have things have worked out pretty well, but because uh, if they didn't I, I don't know what I would do. Is there any particular person that really inspired you who is in the art field? That oh, so many. I mean, you can see I wasn't sure if I was going to do a video chat or not, but uh, I figured I I just off topic just installed a new operating system, so my computer's been a little wonky since yesterday, so I'm kind of testing things, so I'm glad to see this works. But you can see behind me tons of books, and most of the books, which go all the way across the room and all the way to the ceiling, are art books. So I've taken inspiration from countless people. So, you know, if you go back to the, to the beginning, it was probably a lot of the usual suspects for people who like uh, funny books. I was, you know, I was never a super superhero kid so for me it was like daily comic strips and mad magazine you know those are the first things and then you kind of move on from there but again when I was I guess when I was either 12 or 13 I know 1977 was a very big year for me I mean in addition to Star Wars heavy metal magazine also started in 1977 and and for me uh, if you want to find the exact moment that the switch was flipped in my head, 
irreversibly it was heavy metal because being exposed to all those European artists like Mobius and Bilal and Tardy and all those guys for the first time, that just made me say, this is it. This is definitely what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Now, when you entered this entire world, you didn't initially start out you know, in the comic realm. You worked for Cracked, Screwed, and National Lampoon. What well, were the challenges? Lampoon. I wish I had worked for Lampoon more. I worked for. I did one gig for them, and I have to admit it was not my best work. But uh, at least I can say I was in Lampoon once. Why did you make the switch from working in these magazines to going into comics directly? Well, to be honest, I. I mean, I because I did illustration work for a lot of years. You know, freelance illustration in addition to working for. Um, the the magazines and publications you mentioned, you know, I, I did editorial art for, you know, a variety of publications over the years, and I never really enjoyed doing it. I mean, on the one hand, I didn't, I was going to say I didn't like to complain, but of course I like to complain. <laughs> Complaining is one of the joys of life, you know. Um, but uh, I just I didn't find it that satisfying because inside my head I had all these stories I wanted to tell and, you know, just doing illustration work and, and doing the kind of, you know, little little gigs that were, see, they were sequential. But, I mean, mainly I was doing either stuff for Cracked and then after Cracked I worked for a lot of men's magazines, to put it politely. And I was doing comic strips for them. But again, that was, you know, it was all stuff to pay the bills. I mean, even though minimum wage has become, as I go forward, a bit less autobiographical, you know, the, the roots of it are autobiographical. And a lot of, actually, particularly in the, in the run that I'm doing now, a lot of the character's dissatisfaction with what he's doing will eventually lead him to the kind of work I'm doing. It's It's about, you know... Taking taking your skill set and trying to give it some meaning. Uh, that sounds a little pretentious, but, you know, at a certain point, if you've got this stuff inside you that you want to tell, you just got to make that leap of faith. So for me, that's what it was. It was like at a certain point, I just hit a wall doing the work for hire kind of stuff and all that kind of thing and just said, it's time to write my own, write my own stories. So one of your first works was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. <laughs> How did you come across this? Uh, you know, it's funny because as <laughs> it, it's so long ago, sometimes you begin to forget what led to what. But I know, or at least I think I know, memory, memory being not entirely reliable, it was actually the adult stuff that I did that led to somebody at, it wasn't Mirage, I know that much, it was not the Mirage version, it wasn't the cool version of Turtles, it was the Archie version, uh, the licensed version that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just getting an error message, uh, I'll get to that later. Um, yeah, it was the... Uh, the Archie imprint, and I think he had just seen some of the some of the adult stuff I did, and I guess was uh, able to see that if I could do that, I don't know that I could do turtles. I really don't remember exactly, but it was you know it was it was a good stepping stone into 
doing the kind of work I ended up doing. Do you find I mean, that the cover, working? The cover of the the cover of the first new issue, which comes out next week, is very much a pastiche of you know Rob's obviously working on on my parodic version of the turtles. So, uh, do you find that working with licensed characters and like <laughs> specifics that are required is easier or harder as an artist? I think for me it's harder because, I mean, in a way, when you're working on your own stuff, you only have to answer to yourself. You know, when you're working with somebody else's intellectual property, you have to kind of at least, I mean, usually if they're bringing you in, they want your interpretation or something about you to apply to their property, but it's still always going to be their property. So... For me, it's always been more challenging working on on that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's which is not to say it's not fun. I've done some licensed, you know, or or work for hire gigs that were a lot of fun to do, but they definitely present a different challenge. And do you have a favorite Ninja Turtle character? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm supposed to know the the differences, but it was so long ago. It really was so long ago. Uh, I, if anything, I'm probably said, "Oh, I like the one who's got the <laughs> the blue mask or the." But to me, they all kind of ran together. I'm sure that's heresy. Do you watch the show Workaholics? Occasionally, there was an episode where the three of them get stuck in the sewer, and they're all trying to decide which turtle each of them is. That was a very funny episode, but again, they had a much better knowledge than I did, because I remember the one who got stuck being Donatello was very unhappy. He's like, I'm not Donatello! So So you've obviously worked on a wide range of comics, everything from, you know, working for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to a lot of adult content. Mm -hmm. Do you think one is easier than the other to write and illustrate? See there? I mean, again, it's different challenges, but I don't know about easier. I mean, in a... Well, okay. I just, a a couple of weeks ago, wrote a script for uh, an upcoming issue of the Garbage Pail Kids comic. And that was the first one of those I had done. And um, it came real easy, because it's a certain kind of humor. So for me, it was... At first, it was like, oh, geez, can I get this part of my brain working again? And then the second I started writing, the script just poured right out of me. So that was, you know, that was easy and fun. Um, Writing minimum wage, because that's kind of my, you know, that's my baby. It's difficult because I want it to be the best quality it can be. But it's also easy because I feel such an affinity for it. So, you know. Now, in 1993, you wrote White Like She. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting comic, to say the least. Where did that idea come from? Well, I mean, the initial idea for it, again, it's so long ago, I'm not exactly sure. Uh I wrote an afterword for the the 20th anniversary ed, uh, edition of it came out uh, late last year, 
and I wrote this afterward, and I know I kind of hedged a little bit about the original origin of it, because very often when you get the, you know, the first little kernel of an idea, you have no idea how or why or where. It just kind of pops into your head. You'll be, you know, shooting the breeze with a friend, and you'll say some little thing and say, oh, wait, there's an idea for a story, and, and you know, most of the time nothing happens. So I don't really remember the exact original impulse for it, but in in terms of at least it's did did you see the, the the new edition of it? Yeah, I actually just picked it up like three weeks ago. So. Gotcha. So I mean, in the back of it, uh, in the bonus material, there's the original short stories, and those were done for heavy metal. Um, and it and it began on a much kind of lighter note because again, I had no intention of turning it into a graphic novel. It was just originally, I think, an eight page story. So with something like that. In a way, writing sh a really short story like that is more like writing a joke than writing a story because you're kind of working towards a punchline. And since prior to that, most of the work I'd done had been for Cracked, I was very much, you know, geared up for writing set up punchline, set up punchline. So when I decided to expand it into a graphic novel, the joke structure disappeared, you know. I mean, basically all I kept was the initial idea of brain transplant and taking kind of a disenfranchised main character, and, excuse me, I mean, in the short story, which was called Double Uh-Oh, it was too late middle-aged black janitors at a nuclear power plant who get fused together for the graphic novel I decided to cut that in half and just focus on on one character and then expand it and you know some of it which I think I own up to pretty frankly in the afterwards some of it I think is a little more heavy-handed than I would like but it was my first it was my first long-form story that I had told and so, you know, I tried to pile on a lot of kind of soapbox topics of everything from, you know, gender roles, race roles, all kinds of things, social injustice. So, you know, some of it, I think, holds up well. Some of it seems a little, like I say, preachy. Um, but it gave me the opportunity when, when I mean, I wouldn't have... <clears throat> I'm sorry if this answer is too long, but I probably wouldn't have expanded on it so much had Dark Horse not expressed interest in me developing something full length for them, because I had been, again, doing short stuff for Dark Horse. So to get to what you call your baby, minimum wage, Yeah. I mean, how did you come up with that? I mean, I love it, and it's just wonderful, but how did you come up with it? Well, thank you. Um, again, it was, it was, uh, I won't say there were, there were any false starts, but after I finished White Like She, I vowed never to do anything like it again, uh, because it was very, it was very different than anything I had done before, uh, both in terms of the writing, but also the art. Like, if you look at that, that does not look like anything else I ever did prior to it or after, and it was a style, I have no idea why I did it in that style, other than, again, to challenge myself. So minimum wage, for me, 
I wanted a release from from that. And since you know, among my other influences were was especially uh, like Robert Crumb. I thought, let me go more the autobiographical slash confessional route, but without it being pure autobiography, because I also didn't want to get hamstrung by having to just be completely truthful, um, partly because some things are private, and also because a lot of real life is not that interesting. So for me, you know, making it a pastiche of my life as opposed to an actual depiction gave me the opportunity to kind of go off in some different tangents that weren't necessarily truthful or, you know, to mix and match um, chronology and, and add people who into his life that I didn't know at certain points, you know, so, but really what a that's a long way of saying I just wanted to do something more personal, but I also wanted to do something more comedic. I mean, even though I think White Lake She has some funny things, it's not a comedy. Um, humor's always been the thing I, I enjoy doing most. So, And uh, Minimum Wages New Season is starting on May 6th. Mm-hmm. So it began in 1993. How do you feel it's evolved? The entire like story. Oh, yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, certainly the art style is unrecognizable from like the. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, the the big hardcover that Image put out in in 2013, uh, Maximum Minimum Wage. But even though the art, the main story in that was heavily reworked from when it ran in serial form back when it was being published by Fantagraphics. I included unretouched in the back of that book the original um, what I called pilot episode the uh, the seventy two page introductory story and the art style is like I say it's unrecognizable I mean Rob has metamorphosed and, and everyone has metamorphosed so radically um, story wise I think I think the writing I think the main difference between the image run and the older run, and I think this is a it came from two writing disciplines I didn't have prior to starting this. One was writing some novels. I wrote a bunch of novels after I, I finished the Fantagraphics run, um, and also writing, even though nothing is has yet to come out, but but writing at least some spec stuff for. Uh, TV and uh, film, writing those kind of scripts. I was I was working with a partner on a project that ultimately uh, didn't pan out, but working with him on this TV pitch made the writing a lot more lean in the new minimum wage than it used to be. It used to be a lot wordier, and in a way, I think it's much more uh, naturalistic now. Even though it's like I say, it's it's a leaner kind of writing now. I think the scripts read a lot better than they did. There's less speeches. Like if you look at the the old minimum wage, and I still like it, but there'll be speech bubbles that have like 200 words in them. I mean, there's just the they they talk like me. <laughs> they go on too long. Uh, I should learn a few things from the way I write when I speak. But there's you know there's there's a um, 
there's something to be said for brevity. <laughs> that should be the quote for this uh, for this interview. So you mentioned that you wrote two novels. What what do you find are the challenges of writing a novel versus a comic script? Uh, well. It, it it uses a completely different part of the brain, um, which is part of why I wanted to do it. Um, I mean, there were a few reasons why I wanted to to write novels instead of do comics for a while. Uh, part of it was I just had burned out on doing comics, and I wanted something new. Part of it was uh, a perhaps misguided desire for respectability. <laughs> so, of course, what did I do? I wrote, you know, in a in a pretty um, unrespected genre, you know, if you're going to write in horror and write like a, a, I mean, the first one that got published, Bottom Feeder, is a very dark comedy. So again, it was, it was both funny and really dark. Um, but the other thing is, I, I, as a creator, I know my strengths and my weaknesses and there's certain stories I want to tell that I know I couldn't draw. I just, I would not be the right artist for them. And so writing made more sense because they were also things I didn't want to see as a comic. I mean, I really like, like writing and I really like novels. I like reading them. So as I say, it was a way to open up a, a different toy box and kind of play with, play with some familiar things, but in a very different way. So uh, are you reading any comics currently? that you're not writing and have a favorite comic that you read? Uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, I'm still, still keep up with Hellboy and the Hellboy universe. I think I'm a little bit behind on a few of the, few of the spinoffs, but that's one I, I generally pick up. Um, there were a few, actually, there was one I was disappointed to hear probably won't be continuing, but there was one that Image was publishing uh, last year called The Saviors, uh, by um, oh god, I just blanked out in his name. Robinson was the writer, and and but uh, Jay Bone was the artist, and I thought that was great, really fun. But uh, apparently, that's on hiatus with a big question mark as to whether it'll come back. Um, there was a, a comic called The Field that also came out last year that I thought was really probably the most interesting book of the year. I don't know if you saw that, but Image also put that one out. Um, really good and really weird you know I had, I'd never read anything like it before and I thought the art was really good so that would be but you know I also I I, I want to be more I, I, I'm drawing a blank on on I haven't been to the comic shop in a while but I mean some of the stuff I've been reading lately isn't new stuff you know I'll pick, sometimes just pick old stuff off the shelf uh, for me Dan Klaus is one of these for me he's the most re-readable practitioner of comics and graphic novels in the field uh, I can reread him over and over again there's, there's always something new to to discover I'm very excited about that big two volume uh, eight ball set that's coming out in June and uh, my final question is what advice do you have for writers and artists who want to get involved in the comic industry? Uh, 
things have changed so much. Some of the advice I would have given at one time doesn't really apply anymore, but I think the main one is to persevere because it's in one in some ways it's never been easier to get your work out to the public and it's also never been harder to kind of get that public's attention because there's so much media there's so much media now vying for your attention so i think the main thing you've got to do which is probably one of the hardest things and this is getting away from the discipline of actually creating because if you don't have that everything else you you know stop listening here but if you've got the discipline, you got to develop a thick skin, which is really hard because it's like I say, it's 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 a tough field out there now. Um, it's it never was easy, but as I say, but on the other hand, you've got so many outlets now to put your work out there. I come from an older generation that bristles a little bit about just giving away free content where you know this is kind of the golden age of free content which doesn't help if you've got bills to pay um, but I remember years ago I saw uh, Bruce Campbell you know the actor um, doing a talk for because one of his, uh, his book had come out and somebody in the audience said, you know, I'm an actor, but, you know, I'm not really doing anything. And, and Campbell just laid into this guy because he was saying, you know, if you will call yourself an actor, you can do so many things to pursue that. And he just started saying, you know, make your own thing, make your this, make your that, so forth and so on. He said, if you want to act, act. You know, if you want to be a star, that's a whole different thing. And I think that kind of works for writing and doing art, too. If you want to create and put stuff out there, you can do it. You know, it's just a matter of uh, how much you want to put into it. Well, this has been a pleasure for me. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day for me to interview you. Oh, well, thank you. And this will be up in a few minutes. And thank huh? you again. This is... This actual video thing is going up, or just the uh, the audio, or how's the that work? Audio. Ah, good. <laughs> Nobody wants to look at my puss as I keep drinking from my drink, my sippy cup. Uh, all right. Well, it was good talking. It was really good talking to you, Andrew. Great. Send.